if it could remotely be a deal, we get the appointment faster than anybody else in the cities that we're attacking because it could be a deal at some point. And we're going to do our job on the appointment to do that. So don't run comps first. You can do that after you get the appointment because if you wait, somebody might already be at the house making the offer. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Jason Palliser. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Jason. He is an off-market lead generation specialist. He's closed 3,200 investment transactions, and he has built and sold a real estate automation company and actively invests based in St. Louis, Missouri. With that being said, Jason, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. Hello, everyone. I've been investing for 20 years. I've been funding, doing private funding, hard money, and investment specialty funding for 24. And I build two-day investment blueprints. I I basically, in a matter of 48 hours, build out 28 to 30 off-market lead generation funnels. Most people only know a few. And we take over marketplaces. I do it for hedge funds as well. So if any listeners don't understand the hedge fund side, it's real simple. Hedge funds decide to invest money and diversify. They might buy $200 million in copper, $100 million in overseas technologies, and they'll also invest in real estate. So they'll hire somebody in a city called a city operator and say, hey, we want 1,000 homes in Houston, and we need to do it in 40 months. It's a good gig to get for the city operator person, but if you can imagine the stress of having an average 50, 60, 70 homes a month off market, and then someone will hire me to come in and do it. And I will just build their off-market funnels, their systems, all the way down to doing direct mail for free if you do it the way that we want you to. But that's pretty much in a nutshell what we do. Sold an automation software company, for those who might be familiar, called REI Black Book. I sold that company and I just started doing individual blueprints for individual investors again and not just do it for the hedge fund. So that's kind of who I am, what we do. And uh, when we lay a blueprint over a marketplace, it's just simply not fair. I'm from St. Louis and just moved down here to St. Pete Beach. So I'm happy to report to everybody that the weather is much nicer down here by the beach. (laughs) Talk to us about your process. You just mentioned when you put a blueprint over marketplace, you got that competitive advantage. So when you put together a blueprint, what's your process you go through to do so? So what we do is we'll do several things. So when we get our hands on an investor, They'll have told us ahead of time what marketplace they're looking to attack our marketplace is, if it's more than one. And the first thing we'll do is we'll break down data in their city because data doesn't lie. It tells the truth. So we'll take the median sales price. What's the average square footage for two or three areas that you're looking to attack? What bedroom count sells the fastest? And nine real estate data points. And then we'll start paring that down. We'll take half of the median sales price and we'll start setting triggers 
So one of the 30 ways is that we start to automate the online world. So we start with their marketplace. We teach them that data doesn't lie so that they have that skill set. So we could drop them off in any city when we're done with that section. And maybe they're not from Cleveland. We'll just drop them off there. They'll talk to a realtor, ask for those nine data points in 60 seconds. They can give it to them and then they don't need them anymore. We'll show them 16 real estate online websites to attack and we'll drill down to the good stuff. So we'll go from 3,000 homes in Cleveland down to 30 in a matter of two or three minutes. And with certainty, they would look me straight in the eye and say, I want these appointments. And they've been in Cleveland for 10 minutes. So we'll, we'll start there on data doesn't lie so that you can get to the good stuff without sifting through all the stuff that doesn't make sense. And then that's where we start to apply everything. So we'll walk you through a mind map that's taken 15 years to cultivate blueprints for the hedge funds are responsible for 34,000 homes acquired. So we're going to walk you through what we know wins. So we'll start going through each different lead sandbox and whether it's pre-foreclosures, vacants, water disconnects, tax delinquents, tax delinquents, my favorite of all time. And we'll show you what actually wins. We've had approaching 60 million in marketing budgets at this point. So I always joke and tell people, I don't have the luxury of not knowing how this is done. So we'll start walking you through each lead piece But then the most important thing is this. Everybody says, hey, I want to get some good motivated leads. But within an hour of us getting our hands on a client, they usually tell us, wow, I'm never going to have a lead problem ever again. Because the first set of leads that we unlock for a person could be 1,500 off-market vacant leads or 1,500 water disconnects. So there's not a lead problem. And Joe, I'm sure you're aware of this. It's more of a, what do I do with these leads to get them to respond to me problem? So we'll start walking them through a critical tab called the systematic approach, where as soon as the leads come in, we walk them deliberately through what we do and in what order. And if you do it the way we want, then you'll have smoked that good lead four times for less than a dollar. The first level of attack costs one-tenth of one cent. The second level of attack costs 18 to 20 cents. The third is six cents. And the fourth level of attack is 55 cents. So for less than a dollar, you're blanketing those good leads in your marketplace. And then when we lay on top of that, how we do a free direct mail, if you do it the right way, then you can take over a market and quite frankly, no one can stop you. What are the four things that you do for less than a dollar? The first level of attack is that we put systems in place to have the doors tagged. So as soon as you get those, we have 200 variations that we've tested on different door tags that we do. You can do regular door tags. We suggest you don't do that. Your first thing that you do, which will be a to-do item for you, is that you or somebody in your team gets a post-it note stamp made. So a stamp the size of a post-it note, and we'll use two or three different variations of wording on that to get them to contact you. The second level of attack, which we have it down to as little as 10 cents, but 18 to 20 cents is fair. Skip trace, and we'll throw them straight into your systems that we build out. The third level of attack, we'll attack them and surround that person socially with cookie-free IP targeting. And hopefully that doesn't lose people on this particular episode, but cookie-free IP targeting means this. Everybody knows if you search online for shoes, that all of a sudden on almost any website you go to, shoes keep popping up, right? Well, you willfully did a search, you had to perform an action, and then it cookied you and followed you around. So imagine a world where these good leads come in, and for as little as two to six cents, you can socially surround them with your ad, your brand, on any website they go to. So that's the third way that they do it. They start to know you and contact you, because almost any website that they go to, there's your ad, hey, I'm interested in your property, I'm interested in your property, I'm interested in your property. And then the fourth level, we drop a direct mail bomb on them. So 
60 million in marketing budgets. We have a marketing piece that gets a very nasty open rate. And since we started doing this for individuals again, and not just for the big companies, hundreds in a row now, I'm like, would you open this? And they just simply go, yes, I would open it. And I go, isn't that what you wanted? And they're like, yes. So we'll hit them, we'll hit them four times for less what about, than- What about it makes them want to open it? What about it makes them want to open it? Hopefully people have their fingers ready to type or pens in their hand. We're going to do a colored envelope. That colored envelope is going to be handwritten in crayon. And then we have what looks like a handwritten letter on the inside. And we've tested somewhere in the ballpark of 700 different letters over 122 marketplaces. And your first level of attack, when you get to that step, has a letter that invokes a response from them better than any other letter we've ever sent. So when you get a colored envelope in the mail mm-hmm. and it's written in crayon. Yeah, I know. What do you immediately think, Joe? Yeah. You don't think from somebody to talk to you about your house. You think, oh gosh, I better open this up. I wonder what kid's birthday party invitation is being sent to me. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do to get a nasty response rate. And the difference in what they expect, handwritten and crayon on the front versus you got handwritten inside, but it's not from a kid that you know it's from a company. How do you bridge that gap so it doesn't upset them and so that you drive action for what you want? Well, on the inside, like I said, it looks handwritten. So one, they opened it. So you're winning the game. Two, the handwritten letter is so polite that any level of, like you said, how do you bridge the gap or flip the script on them, right? So any level of animosity, whether it's 0.01% or 10% are like, hey, this isn't from a kid. The letter softly solves that. But then we get a lot of phone calls that go like this. They'll call us, obviously just going to hello. And they're like, yeah, I'm calling you. I'm at uh, 123 Candy Lane. And then they'll start the conversation with, that was good. (laughs) They'll start the conversation, Joe. Hey, I just want to let you guys know that's good. Look, I got a lot of letters, this, that. You got me. They'll say that was good and that you got me which is exactly what you want. You want them on the phone with you. Same thing, Joe, when the leads come in and we get their information or when we automate the online world, when a good lead pops up in the online real estate universe, we have 2,000 variations of emails that we've tested, over 4.2 million emails in 14 years. And when we build out the system for two-day blueprint clients, one of their to-do items is to text message themselves the exact email that we use that gets the appointment faster than any other email that we've ever sent. Because we don't want them to think. We want the machine to run when your phone lights up like a Christmas tree because we can automate Craigslist, Zillow, and a few other websites for perfect deals in your area. When it goes off and it's a perfect deal, you don't need to look at pictures. Pictures don't set appointments or cash checks. You need the appointment faster than any other human. So imagine a world where your phone lights up and you just move your thumb one-eighth of one inch over, copy straight from your text message the exact email to get the appointment, and then go right back to ordering dinner. What's been the most challenging client or project that you've chosen to undertake? And just tell us a story about how you approached it. I'll say with a client. So we built out a two-day blueprint for an investment client in the Atlanta area. And we get all the time, well, you know, my market's saturated. It's my favorite question. And I always tell them all the same thing. So before he even got the ball rolling, he was already trying to work against himself. And I'm like, hey, data doesn't lie. If you do this follow it to a T, you're going to succeed. But he got into his own head. So the challenge was this. We built everything. When we're done, there's no ramp up time. This isn't baby stuff. This isn't guru stuff. 
I speak for tons of TV shows as their back-end expert for real estate. So this isn't the guru level stuff. It's the back-end experts building your stuff out. So the biggest challenge was he simply wasn't executing. Through conversation, found out that we told him the exact order to do things in to get the appointment faster than anybody else. Yet he strayed away from the deliberate on-purpose process. One example is he gets a good lead that comes in. So the blueprint in the machine is doing his job. And he's running comps. Well, I teach everybody, the moment you get a good lead in the door, your only goal in life is to get the appointment faster than everybody else. If you're running comps, I always tell people, if you catch yourself looking at pictures or running comps, I'm already at the house. Try again. Nobody's mad at you. Try again tomorrow. They are still spinning just fine. Try again tomorrow. You're not doing it right. So the challenge was, is that he kept overthinking running comps. Of course, you're going to run comps after you get the appointment. But if it's a hot lead, as you know, Joe, you need to get the appointment faster than anybody else on earth because there's other investors who want that same asset. So uh, that and basically not following the order that we want them to do stuff in. So I always tell everybody this. I'm like, I'm no smarter than anybody else. I saw the value in getting good at stuff post-college. So I, I paid to get better at stuff, process, online marketing, offline marketing, copywriting, verbiage, all that good stuff, just like you fine-tune your skills. But when you have big marketing budgets and you get paid to test everything under the sun, just pardon my French, stupid things that you would think don't work and then they do, then you refine those. At some point when you're millions in in the marketing budget department, you kind of know what wins and you kind of settle in on that better process. Everything's trial and error until you start hitting your numbers. And then when you're hitting your numbers, you start fine tuning. It's compartmentalizing things. So challenging client, he kept overanalyzing because he was scared to make a mistake. So he just kept getting ready to press go instead of just pressing go, if that makes sense. And then what's the response to someone saying, okay, I hear you. When I get a good lead, the only goal is to get the appointment as fast as possible. But what if it's a terrible deal and now I've wasted the time that I've spent during that conversation? And, I love and, that. I love you, that. You clearly heard that question before, right? Oh my gosh. If everybody could see me, they'd see how big I'm smiling. Hey, but Jason, but um, hey, if I get a good lead, I don't want to make a mistake, but what if it's just not a good deal? And I always frame it for everybody like this. One, I understand what you're saying. So I'm hearing you. So at least know that you've been heard too. I'm pretty sure that we're on the same page as far as you do not know what you're going to get when you walk in that door. You want the appointment faster than anything else because here's why. You're willing on anything that could remotely be a deal. The new you is willing to run a machine that gets to everything first. And you're willing to get to every one of those that could remotely be a deal first, no matter what, because that's what you're focused on for this reason. You don't know what you're going to get when you walk in the door. Neither do I. I'm simply willing to get there first every time to find out. Here's why. You could run numbers on a deal like, eh, that's not a deal. It doesn't look like a deal. The phrase look like, it doesn't look like a deal. Well, if those numbers, it's not a deal. When you do that to yourself, here's what you're saying to me. One, hey, Jason, I'm so unbelievably good that I looked at this and I waved my magical hand over it. It could never be a deal. Now, I think everybody listening knows that that's simply not true and it's presumptuous. Two, what you're also telling me in the moment is this, that no one's taught you a seller waltz to turn that no into a yes nine different ways. So you just need to have that skill because you're telling me that it can't be a deal at that number. So you're saying that in the history of all mankind, that 
people go on appointments and whatever number they see on paper, however that league came in, that it can't be turned into a deal. I just simply know that not to be true. So stop overanalyzing it. Don't operate that way. You should get to everything first. And here's why. If they're unreasonable with you when you walk in the door, so what? We'll teach you when we teach the seller waltz. That should be expected. Because if they're unreasonable with you, Joe, they're going to be unreasonable with me. They're going to be unreasonable with 15 other people. But if you do your job and seller waltz them right, you can offer them multiple ways to strike a deal that they'll never hear from anybody else. And then the next layer on top of that is that you'll also offer to help them out for free. And techniques like, hey, our organization, we don't buy every house, but I appreciate the fact you're saving money without using a realtor. If we don't come to an agreement, I'll help you market your home for free to 30 or 40 different real estate websites. All I ask in return is that if anybody ever needs help, send them my way. And here's why you do that. I want to get there first, create the relationship with them because that's what really closes deals. I don't care if it's at a glance, looks mediocre. I want to get there first, create the relationship so that when they decide to come down on price and I didn't beat them up, offered more ways to strike a deal with them and offered to market their home for free and a few other different techniques of doing free things for them and they soften up on price. Joe, you and I both know, who are they going to sell to? Yep, you. You. So when somebody says, but Jason, I got a lead in, but I'm running the numbers. You don't know what you're going to get. They might have it out there. And I always tell everybody this, set a crappy appointment if you need to. Hey, if your week's not going the way you want, just go online in a zip code that you like and look at something that looks mediocre, barely could be a deal and set a crappy appointment. Here's why. If everybody else, just like you, looks at that potential lead and goes, eh, make that little noise, eh, 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 all those noises because it doesn't look like a deal. Well, what if everybody did that? So what if you're the only one that sets the appointment? And what if when you walked in the door, they're like, hey, look, I just threw it out there at a number. I know this house need some work. Somebody just needs to make me an offer. Everyone that listens to this will be like, man, that'd be a dream come true. That's a dream come true appointment. Well, you won't know because you're so good that you look at the numbers and say, eh, not a deal. I'm willing to get there first every time. And I will waltz them. And I already know that people are unreasonable in price, just like you do, Joe. That's why you pass up on deals. And so do I, but I want to have the conversation first before I pass up on it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that perspective. It's not contrarian, but it's very focused and perhaps it will shake and rattle some investors who get focused on a lot of the stuff, whereas you are literally focused on a step-by-step process. What's one other thing that real estate investors, based on your experience, do that it could be optimized to get better results? Refine their process. So when I have people come in for a two-day blueprint, I have people that are brand new. I have clients that I've taken from 40 closings a year to 200. Just had some back in December that came into town for a second time because we've been doing it long enough to where people are cycling back through since we're doing it for individuals again. And if you can imagine, and anybody's listened to this, if you want to get to 10 closings a month or 20, or you're saying, Jason, shoot, I'd love to just get two or three a month. Refine your process, make your process better. When these bigger companies come in, and Joe, I know you know this, when these bigger companies come and sit down and say, hey, just like the gentleman that came in that I took him from 40 to 150 to 200 houses, they came in and sat down again and said, okay, now we want to go to three or 400. And so focus on refining the process. When they come in the door, if they're doing 200 deals a year, a lot of times when people sit down with us, once they contract with us, they sit in the room and you can get the feeling of, well, we're already doing 200 deals a year. What are you going to show us? And I love those conversations because we'll teach them, hey, look, whatever you have in place, obviously it's working. We're here to supersize it. 
We're here to enhance it. So what I would tell everybody on here is make your process better. Pay attention to what you do and in what order. One example that we just talked about, Joe, is when a hot lead comes in, if it could remotely be a deal, we get the appointment faster than anybody else in the cities that we're attacking because it could be a deal at some point. And we're going to do our job on the appointment to do that. So don't run comps first. You can do that after you get the appointment because if you wait, somebody might already be at the house making the offer. So these big companies that come in, I tell them all the same thing. We're going to tweak some of the things you do and maybe add some efficiencies to your process. And here's one more example, Joe, that I think would help everybody out. Add this wrinkle to your process. You get leads in the door. You contact them or they contacted you. You set the appointment. You go on the appointment. You're more than likely going to disagree on price to start out with. Do your job. Waltz them well. And then you're going to throw them in follow-up. Everybody knows that. But here's one extra wrinkle. Every time you get in the car, just because they wanted 200 grand for the house, and let's say you were at 190, and let's say, Joe, you and I even looked at the numbers with any one of the investors listening, and we agreed, hey, for what you want to do, yeah, 190 is probably the number, not 200. But I always tell everybody this. Is someone going to do the deal at 200? What do you think, Joe? I don't know. More than likely, someone will do it. There's always somebody willing to pay more. So if that's the case, and your machine gets you there first, here's the wrinkle to add. Every time you get done with an appointment and you've got there first yet again, because when we build out 30 different ways to get there, you're getting to things first. So, So we teach everyone we get our hands on, you or the person on your team that's on the acquisition side, before you ever start your car, blast it out in your meetup groups and Facebook groups because somebody's always going to do the deal. I don't know why somebody's willing to pay 200. It may be because they have a 1031 exchange and they want a house in that area and they've got three weeks left to find one. So they'll overpay. So throw it out there. If they want 200, throw it out in all your groups and say, hey, I got an opportunity in this area. If you want more info, let me know for 210. If no one responds, no one knows if 100 people responded to you or zero. But someone's going to do the deal. So if you're getting there first, of course you're going to follow up with them. Mm -hmm. but what if somebody else moseys along to grab it? You want to have your machine maximize your opportunity. Now you're making money on houses you didn't even have under contract. Great stuff. Real quick, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice ever is to wake up and follow the system to a T. And I always tell everybody this, always look to master the process. Don't worry about outcomes. If you get so unbelievably good at your process, closings happen. The moment you start to worry about, man, I don't have enough closings. I've been doing this for this long. I've been doing that. I've been reading all these articles and watching YouTube videos and blah, blah, blah. Then you're not focusing on the right things in your business. So seek to master the process. Don't worry about outcomes. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, go for it. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular, want to learn more about our strategy and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.
Okay, real quick, best ever book you've recently read? The book I'm reading right now that I really like is Never Split the Difference. Chris So it's about negotiating. Yeah, Chris Voss. Love that. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done, wholesale to property, made 175 grand. Mistake you've made on a transaction? Not vetting my contractor good enough. Best ever way you like to give back? Two Christmases ago, my team and I donated a car to a guy that I'd never met before, but I taught my team to always provide value. She gave the guy a lift in the rain. Turned out that he walks to and from Target and Steak and Shake, and he was saving money, and he goes, hopefully a year from now I can buy a car. So we started to go fund me. I said, whatever people put in, I'll match half. We told Target. We showed up at work, and when he was getting off work, he had no clue it was coming. We handed him the keys to the car. Best ever way that best ever listeners can get in touch with you and learn more about what you got going on? If you want to hit us up and we can help you take over your market, just go to the number 2 dayblueprint.com. So number 2 dayblueprint.com and it's got good info there and you can schedule a call directly on my calendar or you can simply email me jason at go see jason.com so jason at go see jason.com g-o-s-e-e-j-a-s-o-n.com jason thanks so much for being on the show talking about the process i love your best ever advice master the process don't worry about the outcomes because as long as we're doing the right things in the right order at the right time and doing it very consistently, then we're going to get the outcomes that we want. Yeah, you're going to win. Yeah, you're going to win. So thanks so much for being on the show, as well as obviously the very practical advice that can help influence the best ever listener as they're getting leads or attracting leads. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you again soon. See you guys. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast, hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer, interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com.